Welcome to Carol at Christmas, a Christmas story about love, loss, and redemption told in 12 parts. Christmas is a celebration of guilt, control, and nothing more. Just ask Carol. She'll tell you. Now on to our story. Black ice pick stiletto boots strike frozen pavement, one strident, decisive clack after the next. Their straightforward, unrelenting steps are singular amongst the shuffling, hustling feet eager to enter the next door on Nicollet Avenue in downtown Minneapolis, Minnesota. The ice-picking stilettos are on the feet of one Carol Crumb. She leans into the gusting wind, outfitted to meet winter head-on in all the usual outerwear worn by practical Minnesotans, save gloves. The cold doesn't bite or even nip at her hands. They're the only warm feature she has. A passerby might admire Carol's elegant appearance or attractive face, but no one on the street braves her eyes. Their forbidding judgment have a way of piercing those about her, making them want to apologize for their egregious error, existing. Snow falls sideways as Carol strides past holiday window displays bright with Christmas cheer, each one's decor a little louder than the one before. On every street corner from her penthouse to her store, bell ringers stand behind red kettles, relentless in their clanging for charity. They only pause when Carol clicks by. A severe sneer on her face. Even burly men passing out flyers while singing, God rest ye merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay, fall silent when met with her gaze. Her lips curl into an almost smile, satisfied. Carol's store, Crum and Jacobs, contains eight levels of the most beloved Christmas merchandising in all of Minneapolis. People from across the state make annual pilgrimages to it between Black Friday and Christmas Eve. Some even cross state lines, traveling from as far away as Wisconsin, Iowa, and the Dakotas. We know this because of the TikToks reels, old-fashioned YouTube Christmas haul reveals, and even more retro mommy blog posts with questionable photo quality. A Santa and Mrs. Claus set of lookalikes sing Hark the Herald Angels Sing loud and proud behind a red kettle beneath her Crum and Jacobs department store sign. Hark the Herald Angels Sing Glory to the newborn King. One person after the next puts dollar bills into their kettle before heading into Carol's store. Many Merry Christmases are exchanged. How dare they take money from innocent shoppers outside of my store? That's the happiest Carol has sounded all year. One of her favorite emotions is righteous indignation. She quickens her pace, ready to pounce on the clauses for not having the required permit. Oh, oh, oh. Carol's left foot slips on a patch of black ice. She stabs her right stiletto into the ice, then pulls her left foot back to center like a ballerina returning to first position. Her hands follow suit. Elizabeth, her old ballet mistress, would be so proud. Santa Claus offers an arm to her. Are you okay? Do you have a permit? What? Do you have a permit? His eyes hug in toward the bridge of his nose, trying to sort out why one might need a permit to help out a woman in distress. I asked if you were okay. You don't. I know, because I refused the request. Now take that red kettle and Mrs. Claus and get off my property. Now. 
Mr. Claus picks up his kettle with one hand and takes Mrs. Claus's hand in his other. A tear falls from Mrs. Claus's right eye as she looks up at him. He kisses the tear. The two make their way down the street, hand in hand. They stop at a quieter corner and resume their caroling. Hark, the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. Carol scowls in their direction, but they are too caught up in the joy of music to notice. She sighs, rolls her eyes, and turns her attention to the Crum and Jacobs display window, full of the season's elegance. A dinner table is covered in layers of winter whites with touches of silver and gold throughout. Crystal snowflakes are suspended above it. Her eyes search the window for something bright and compelling, something dramatic and gripping, something that would make passerbys feel that they must walk into Crum and Jacobs lest they miss out on making Christmas dreams come true. Finding nothing of the sort, she glowers, turns from the window to the door, and stalks into her store. Temptations abound throughout the eight floors of Crum and Jacobs, where everything is merchandised with care, in hopes that lots of shoppers soon would be there. Many shoppers are there, but Carol, as always, wants more. Stella. Carol's warm-hearted assistant taps her toes to the cheery holiday music playing over the speakers as she arranges purses to resemble bright presents nestled beneath the tree topping the display table. The tree itself is strung with beguiling baubles demanding to be bought and is topped with a large star that reads, one for them, three for you. Carol's heels click in Stella's direction. They are unheard by Stella. Her focus on propping a red purse just right is so complete, she doesn't even notice Carol standing right behind her with her arms crossed. Stella! Her voice is sharp as flint and as cold as ice. Follow me. Stella's shoulders fall as she follows Carol out of the store's front door, ill-dressed for the weather about to greet her. Outside, Stella's body shivers and shakes and her teeth chatter as she and Carol face the window. Which item in this display would you come in and buy? Stella wants to answer, but her teeth keep chattering. Carol gives her a hard look. It's so magical. I'd buy it all. Well, if I could afford any of it. Carol's look does not soften. Her eyes penetrate Stella's in a way that compels Stella to go on. My favorite is the, the crystal glasses. I love their sparkle. Or really, the holiday teacup and saucer sets. Aren't they adorbs? Carol's nostrils flare in response. Stella tucks her nearly frostbitten hands into her armpits as snow piles up on her and Carol's shoulders. How many have we sold? Um, what is our profit on each? I'm not sure exactly. Snow slides off Stella's shoulders as she shrugs. More falls off as she hops up and down in a feeble attempt to warm her feet. Carol's eyes hold Stella's even with every bounce Stella makes. This, this is how my display window looks during the busiest shopping week of the year, filled with items that aren't selling because they're pretty. Stella stops bouncing. 
I'm sorry, Miss Crum. I was picturing people gathered around a table full of holiday magic and cheer and sparkle. Carol closes in on Stella, making sure the young woman catches her every word. I want pops of color. Toys children will drag their parents into the store and beg for. I want moms and dads terrified. They need to know that if little Janie and young Jack don't get all that their stupid little hearts desire, that mommy and daddy will spend the rest of their lives paying for therapists, lawyers, and bail. Their children will never launch if they don't give them everything they want this Christmas. Understood? Yes, Miss Crum. Good. Store traffic better be up by noon. Carol turns on her heel to head back in. During a blizzard? Carol spins back to Stella and shoots her an icy look. Spare me the details of your petty problems. Carol turns once more in the direction of her store and marches in. Stella gives herself a moment to gaze at her window display and imagine her family sitting around the elegant table. She bites her lower lip as she imagines Joe carving a great big turkey. Adriana at his side. She is forever his right-hand girl, eager and on her toes, wanting to make sure everyone gets an equal slice. Liza would be too distracted by the sparkle of the snowflakes to care about food. And Tim, being Tim, attentive yet quiet, Stella's eyes mist, and it is so cold she feels little ice crystals forming in front of them.